السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته شيخ نيس how are you today وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله doing good Alhamdulillah, that's good. Generally, I have a habit, you know, I've always been solo podcasting or online or something. So I, first you say salam to the crowd or the audience, and then you say salam to your guest. Um, but Alhamdulillah, so this week we're not going to go through his biography. I think we did enough of that last week. We got some, um, some what's it called, some comments that we might have went into too much detail about what kind of cars they sell in Malaysia and stuff like that. But Alhamdulillah, so tonight what we're going to talk about is a very important topic. It's about prom and Muslim friends. Um, there's actually a brother who shared a question which was being shared around in the local community. Uh, it's a Muslim community group and the parents, they were very concerned because a lot of Muslim kids now, they go to prom. So the parents are like, hey, should we send our kids to prom? Other Muslim kids are going there. Their friends are going there. Should it be okay? Will it be okay? And so, mashallah, we have Sheikh Hanis with us here again tonight. And we're going to talk about this. Um, we're going to talk about prom we're going to talk about having muslim friends last year we had at the masjid we had a, a halloween gathering um not a halloween gathering sorry we had an alternative <laughs> gathering to provide children with something to do at halloween time so you know our kids aren't going out trick-or-treating and stuff like that we had a quiz night we had islamic quiz we had a reminder by the sheikh and you know we had food and stuff like we had everything we provided everything at the masjid in a very halal family friendly environment so you know i wanted to talk with the sheikh tonight about you know prom should we send our kids? Should we not send our kids? What should we do? And, you know, one of the answers which he gave was like, hey, you know, we should, you know, we shouldn't get into that situation from the character. That was one of the things which he said. But, you know, we're going to let him start off with what he thinks about prom, you know, and, you know, how should we handle this situation? I know it's a big question, but, you know, you can start off from a certain aspect and I'll comment along. Okay. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. So where where would you like me to start? Like, Okay, so the question is, should we send our kids to prom or not? It's a basic question. You know, you can give the basic answer if you want. Yeah, short, short answer is no. Short answer is no. We, okay. we shouldn't, shouldn't be sending our kids to prom. You know, there's all the obvious reasons. Yeah. Prom, prom is like, I don't know. You know, what you see on TV is not very far off from what prom is actually like. Okay. Right? So glorified um, kids nightclub type atmosphere okay. okay um i'm sure there's still like that awkwardness because a lot of them are kids yeah but you know kids these days they they're exposed to a lot more they see a lot more they know a lot more so it's it's not new to them yeah I right guess these so. I these mean, kids I... in high school they're already partying you know when when i was in high school kids were already having like house parties and stuff and you know doing whatever so all all that's there. It's it's like I said. It's it's like a nightclub atmosphere. You have loud music. You have, you know, um, girls that are not dressed appropriately. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure as every year goes by, you know, prom dresses are less and less modest. I'm I'm assuming that if you know they were ever modest. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe maybe they were once upon a time. Maybe maybe they're maybe some people still are, and like you know, there's there's people who who will be okay with their kids going to prom, even like if their their son is like a hafiz with a beard or like their daughter wears hijab or anything like that. They'll they'll be okay with them going. They'll be like, oh, they're just going to hang out with their friends. We trust them. But it's it's not even about that. Even if you trust your child 
not to do anything, you know, bad or dumb. It's just not a good environment for them to be in. Like if, and, and this is kind of what we were talking about. It shouldn't get to that point to where you have to think about, should I send my kids or not? You know, is it, uh, should we succumb to the peer pressure? Should we let them go and hang out with their friends? Should we like maybe just go and chaperone and keep an eye on everything? But it's like, even if you go and chaperone, what, what are you going to see there? You're going to see a bunch of like hormonal boys and girls like grinding up on each other and like these and and you know like they they even glorified the the sexual aspect of prom on yeah. in tv and movies you know back in the day there was that show was it 90210 90210 yeah yeah i never watched it but like everybody knew that like like the prom episode was like that coming of age type episode okay. and i think it was same same in like saved by the bell i don't remember but you know like these shows they yeah, yeah. they kind of they kind of glorify these things like oh I'm going to go to prom. I'm going to go with uh, my my boyfriend or girlfriend, my lover, yeah. the love of my life. I'm yeah. uh, possibly going to lose my virginity that night. Stuff yeah. like that. Is, you don't, you know what? Uh, of course, we're not expecting, if especially if we have a good relationship with our child, like an open relationship and we can talk to them and have them understand that, okay, this is, this is how it is. Yeah. And these are the things you have to stay away from. W- why would you want them in that environment? You know, I, I think from when we were kids, we we're about the same age. Yeah. Um, you know, when you had Saved by the Bell in 902, and I never saw 902, no, ever. Me neither. Um, but like at that time, the idea of the shows was like, hey, where, you know, prom was the night you, you lose your virginity. That was basically what was being advocated. That was being, and this is even from like, I guess coming up from the 60s, 70s, 80s, this is Maybe. what was being advocated. And then what's it called? And then obviously, I feel like more like towards the turn of the century, um, 2000 comes around. Now they're like, they're like, okay, kids who are 13 and 14. Like I was, I was seeing this thing the other day where they were like, um, HPV vaccine for girls who are 12 and HPV is for like people who have like STDs or something like that. HPV is human papilloma virus or something. It's yeah. like a sexually transmitted yeah. so infection. So they're like girls who are age of 12, if they, you know, they should start getting it and so somebody was like, like, why? Yeah. Like, why the age of 12? So basically, the, the standard, I guess, if you want to call it, if there is a standard, started falling to the point where it's like, now it's not like, you know, even that. Yeah, the, they would only mention something like that because they're assuming that girls yeah. at that age are starting to become sexually active. Yeah. And this is very concerning for Muslim parents. Yeah. It should be concerning for any parent, but yeah, yeah. Muslim parents, we want to, you know, keep our children away from these things. And I mentioned like we we should try to avoid the situation altogether yeah. because we have to. And it's kind of like you mentioned the the Halloween program, Halloween yeah. program. You know, mashallah, a lot the 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 gym was packed. I think you know, it was like between one fifty to two hundred kids or something. Like it that. was sorry, keep saying microphone. No, um, it was it was packed, and we had uh, you know the full house, lots of kids. Yeah. And it was to provide an alternative so our kids aren't out there trick-or-treating so that they have something to do, something fun, um, so that they don't they don't feel left out, you know. And you have to kind of bring that out more where you provide different avenues for your kids to have fun, to be in an Islamic environment, to be around other like-minded people. Right. Or even to bring in people that that probably wouldn't even think about it. You don't even have to be like minded, but you can explain to someone like, hey, this isn't the best thing for your kid to do. You it may look 
like fun and it's it may be all fun in games but islamically it's better to stay away from this stuff you know yeah. halloween has all its like you know satanic imagery and all that other stuff and, and, and ultimately at the end of the day to be honest it's like halloween isn't just trick-or-treating mm-hmm. because that's only the kid the kid portion of halloween then you have halloween parties halloween ragers and things like that oh yeah people, as you get older it gets as worse you get older, yeah. it gets worse where people are dressing up in inappropriate costumes and stuff like that and going to parties and they're out to like 2 3 4 a.m mm-hmm. partying and nothing good happens you know after 12 not nothing good happens after 12 that's you know i think the saying on. is nothing good ever yeah, happens after 2 a.m no what's it called? Yeah. yeah so what's it called but even 12 yeah, yeah. if it's after 12 you're not you know you're not praying the hundred the whole bunch of animals, you know yeah yeah and i mean you you've mentioned this before like when you had your food truck yeah you saw all sorts of things because you were posted up downtown yeah man it was it was it was pretty bad like we we did we only did one halloween by the next halloween we were out of the food truck business we were mm-hmm. so tired of it it was such a tiring and exhausting business yeah you know physically spiritually in all aspects because the amount of muslims we'd see who were who were struggling or suffering it was just it was tough so we were talking about the aspects of all of these partying things like as as you move along they continue they get or gradually get mm-hmm. get worse you know whether it's prom whether it's halloween new year's eve things like that like a lot of people they want to go out on new year's eve muslim people even they go we want to see this we want to see that and they want to go to parties and stuff it was like nothing good is coming from these parties it's like that's at the end of the day that nothing good is coming nothing yeah. beneficial is coming even for society yeah and and you bringing up uh as you get older the yeah. parties get worse and worse yeah if as kids they're going out trick-or-treating and celebrating halloween something in their head is going to tell them that this is okay so as they get older and the parties get worse and it gets more un-islamic and more vulgar yeah in their head they're gonna think like oh halloween's okay there's nothing wrong with it yeah so if from the beginning they understand that i can't do this i'm not supposed to do this yeah then it's it's better because then as they get older and then they see all the you know evils and vulgarities that you see with halloween they're gonna realize that's not okay and then, you know, you have to, you can't like blur these lines. You have to kind of be straight about this. So with, with prom, the reason we were mentioning that is that from from the beginning, the child has to understand. And, and I, brought, I brought up the um, the program we had at the masjid because what I said yeah. was that, you know, you have to provide these alternatives for your children. So you have to, you have to do this from the get-go. You can't just not do anything for your kids expect them to live in American society and um, what's the right word? Like to, to just kind of assimilate, but not assimilate. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's always been a bit of a problem with a lot of people who are a little bit, I, I don't want to call anybody out or end, but a little bit more open-minded. They're like, we'll tell our kids that this is where you draw the line, but we're not going to draw it for them. We're just going to sort of hint at it and they can figure it out themselves. And, and I think that tends to be problematic because the kids are like, okay, well, the rest of the kids around me are doing this and my parents aren't saying no, so where do I draw the line? Yeah. But also, you have to... Prov- you can't just say no, you can't do this and just expect them to sit at home and like twiddle their thumbs. You know, like, you have to show them that you can still have fun, you can still enjoy yourself, you can still, you know, be your be what you're supposed to be as a Muslim. And it's not all just, this is haram, that is haram. You know, that's that's what kind of pushes kids away from wanting to pa- practice their religion. Because 
all they see growing up, especially immigrant households, is like, don't ask. This is just how it is. This is yeah. haram. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I've always said this. It's easy to say that when you're living in a Muslim country, because then it's like everybody else or majority of the people are not doing it. Yeah. Or they, they'll know that these are the Islamic guidelines and values that everybody else is supposed to be practicing. Maybe not everybody's doing it, but at least it's the majority concept instead of the opposite. You know, 99% of the people are going out and celebrating and doing all these things. And the 1% is just like, no, you can't do it. You have to, you know, be, be a good Muslim. Stay, yeah. yeah. Stay home. Read Quran. Pray. Yeah, read Quran. Go to the masjid. Well, I mean, but the other problem, obviously, is a majority of the people. I, I'm not saying that this is the alternative, you know, because it, it isn't. You can't be like, hey, don't go to a party. Let's go to the masjid for salah. That's not. That's generally <laughs> speaking. That's usually not what's happening. Uh, sometimes it does. I happen. mean, I mean, usually in the households where the parents take their kids for salah, hopefully, hopefully, those kids have an idea by that point in time where 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 their parents should be very like um upfront that hey look this isn't okay a lot of times the parents aren't saying that they should honestly speaking but they should be like hey look this isn't okay this isn't like an alternative this is our father we have to do this we have to pray and praying at the masjid is you know we're doing this to please allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whatever whatever the case is but it can't be you can't use it as an alternative you know you have to explain to them that hey this is wrong we can't do this we can't go to prom. This is the reason why we can't go to prom. Morally speaking, from a societal standpoint, why why is this so bad? And religiously speaking, why is this so bad? You know, you have to lay out those rules. You can't just be like hoping that the kids understand them. And I think that's what one of the problems growing up for a lot of us was maybe we understood. We came from pretty strict religious households. Um, but for a lot of people who didn't come from those strict religious households, it was sort of insinuated. And when you insinuate something like something that big, it has to be told to you, I guess. Yeah, you have to you have to be clear in, in drawing the lines and where you're drawing them and how you're drawing them. But uh, the one thing I I want to emphasize that I that I do, and you, I'm sure you'll remember this, is that we have to let our children understand that Muslims are different, yeah, and the way we live our lives is different than the rest of the world. Yeah, you're not gonna find a lot of people here in America that are going to share the same core values and morals and ethics that Muslims are supposed to follow. Yeah, that's right. So you have you have an issue today where it's like the opposite, where everybody's just trying to fit in with yeah. American society. But it's like we we fail to filter out all the, the aspects of living in America with you know your Islamic filter. Yeah. And you know, I I sent you I sent you the the back portion of what Sheikh Abdul Majid Iltaf was saying, um, the one where he was talking about the Luta. I don't know if you I don't know if you watched it. I it was like a sixteen minute clip. Okay. But what's it called? But the whole clip I was watching it earlier today, where he was talking about like, look, Dean, we really need to study Aqidah, and we need to get other people to study Aqidah. Like everybody, Dawam needs to study Aqidah. He's like because we're really falling behind. He's like because we think. Following Islam, and he was like, he's, he's obviously he's from England. Um, he's very religious. He's very learned. His background is very interesting. His father is, I think, Kashmiri Punjabi from Pakistan, and his mother was British convert. Okay. And so his his whole mother side is now Muslim. So you know, he tells whenever he tells a story, it's very interesting about the things that he went through, 
uh, like his he he you know because he has a beard and he wears a thobe and everything he, he looks very desi and he can speak very good punjabi and stuff but like he was like he told the story one time where he's walking his sister home from school and he's wearing a thobe and everything and his sister looks white he wasn't wearing a hijab and people were criticizing him and she was younger she wasn't even that old she was like eight or something like that and they go look at him he's becoming a malbi and he's walking around with white girls and stuff like that and you know it, it's just really embarrassing that the kind of people things people do he's like he's like because people think and he was like he's very very upfront about it. he's like just because the sister you know auntie is wearing a, a dupatta on her head or an uncle has a tasbi and he's wearing a token he's praying five times a day he's like you know like what we said last week he's like people think that this is what islam is and this is all that is he's like no he's like islam goes deeper than that he's like we just we get he's like just because somebody has a muslim name and they have a tasbi inside of their car they think they're muslim and that's muslim enough He's like, they don't know anything beyond that. They don't know where to draw the line or anything like that. He's like, he's like, people think just because you have a lotter in your house, you're practicing Muslim. He's like, he's like, he's like, my nani uses a lota. She's not even Muslim. He's like, because she said this is the ultimate level of cleanliness. And this is what he's saying. It's a very good clip, honestly speaking. And he's like, he's like, even beyond that, he's like, he's like, I, I feel sorry for the people who haven't used a lota before. He's like, you're so miskin. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, he's like, he's like, people think these symbolism, such, a, such as having a tasbih in your car, having a lota in your house is going to save you from the societal harms. He's like, that, that's not how it is. You have to learn the deen to protect yourself or build that wall from the societal harms. Yeah, so you have to impart that in the children as well. You yeah. can't just, like I said, this this whole uh, approach of just saying, don't do this, don't do that, this is haram, you're not allowed to do this. Telling, it, it's kind of like with, with marriage, you know, like yeah. if you if you tell boys and girls, like you're not allowed to talk to the opposite gender your entire life. And then suddenly you hit 18, 21, 23, 25. It's like, okay, go talk to this girl, go marry her, go live with her, you know. You're, you're you're being told that you're not allowed to you know approach them or anything like that yeah. your whole life and then now all of a sudden you're expected to you know have this person of the opposite gender be the one person that you interact with yeah. uh, majority of your time yeah so it's, it's it's stuff like that like the the balance is just isn't there like if people are doing these um ritualistic acts like having it just be praying wearing tupatta whatever wearing hijab but they're they're lacking in like true understanding and they're lacking in you know good character and good morals and values then you're just doing movements you you have the the discipline to to do those uh those movements and those actions but they're they're kind of empty you know like you have to and of course the, the people that do pray five times a day and and do tasbih and and wear hijab and have a lota in their house you know we of course we we hope that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts yeah all don't, their don't stop ibadah, doing you know? it but improve on that aspect that you're talking yeah, about. yeah that, that's just that's just one side of what it means to be a muslim but then you have to go into all the other sides and aspects so with with kids uh, like i said for for my talk on halloween i i said that you know we we have to be uh, aware, our children have to be aware that we're we're different, yeah. and they have to be okay with it. They have to accept it, and the only way for them to accept it more easily is to number one, surround them with more Muslims. And I guess yeah. this kind of goes this into is the second part, Muslim friends. Muslim friends, right? You have to build that community for them. You have to build that social circle for them. You can't just be like, oh, you're different, but then 
all your friends are non-Muslim yeah. and they're still doing the things that they're doing, right? Like how many, how many Muslim kids growing up wonder very, they think about this very, very hard. I wonder what pepperoni tastes like. I wonder what yeah. bacon tastes like, yeah. right? Well, that, that was for us growing up because halal bacon and halal pepperoni wasn't yeah. as wasn't available. Yeah, 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 it wasn't around. I, I think maybe I was like 13, 14, this first time in Charlotte where we started getting that stuff. Yeah, and, and and then like even even for the even for the Zabia crowd, you know, I'm sure I'm sure like their kids are wondering, oh, I wonder what KFC tastes like. I wonder yeah. what you know McDonald's tastes like, Burger King, all these things. You know, like Alhamdulillah, now there's so many halal options that you don't really have to wonder too much. But yeah, you you still wonder these things, and it, it's only because you're seeing all the kids around you, you know, partaking in certain things, right? You grow up and you see how how crazy they get for Christmas. And then yeah. you kind of feel in your heart, like, oh, I wish I could feel that. Yeah. You see them going out trick-or-treating for Halloween. Oh, I wish I could feel that. You know, when you become a teenager and when you're in high school and, and you want to go to prom and you see, you know, you see guys and girls getting together, having fun, um, engaging in, you know, promiscuity and stuff like that. You feel it in your heart. Like, I wonder what that feels like. I want to yeah. do it too. So if you're not providing the alternative and you're not building that, you know, crowd for your child to kind of thrive in as a Muslim, then you can't, you can't really expect for them to, you know, like not, not go, not want to attend, not, you know, come, come out of that phase in life kind of unharmed, I guess, for lack yeah, of yeah. better words. Like you want to make sure as if you, as parents, if your priority is for your kids to grow up, to be good Muslims, then you have to provide the environment for them to grow up as good Muslims. Right. Or I'm not saying like, pack your bags up and go move to a Muslim country. No, there, but there, you know, in, in our communities, there needs to be sort of like a movement or there needs to be... Islamville. <laughs> Islamville. Or, or some sort of a community built out where it's, you know, but the thing about it, Alhamdulillah, the brothers in Islamabad, they're doing a good job. But obviously, it's, a bit, it's, 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 not, it's not easily sustainable mm. because, you know, everybody else wants to live in the city. And you tell your kids, hey, we're going to live out here because it's a good environment. It becomes difficult. It's it's that whole thing where like even people in Pakistan, for example, they live in the village. They always dream of going to the city, and it's it's one of those things. There was a guy who went, and I saw a video recently, and I sent it to Farouk, and uh, Farouk recently went to Maldives, and uh, this guy made a video, some Instagram or something, and he's like he's like, oh, Maldives is like so bad. He's like, all you can do there is you go to an island, you fly to an island for two to three days. And all you do is you sit there and you look at the water for three days. He said, oh, is the water going to do something special? Is it going to jump out at you or something like that? And I sent it to Farouk. Farouk like, bro, he's like, you go there to relax, to cut out from everything, to, you know, get away from the whole world. Yeah. He's like, and this guy's saying, I get enjoyment from being in the city. I don't get it. He's like, that's sort of like his whole thing is he's not understanding. The reason somebody's going to the Maldives is to disconnect from everything. Yeah, like, you want to get away. You wanna... Yeah, you want to get away. He's like, he's not understanding that, that whole aspect. So, you know, the thing about it is people, they 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 try to, you know, if they're trying to go away, like, for example, what we're saying is like, hey, you can't just keep your kids stuck at home. Be like, okay, we're just going to sit at home. We're just going to watch cartoons. We're going to do this and that, but we're not going to go to the problem. We're not going to go to for trick or treating or anything like that. And there's a lot of situations where kids come from extremely conservative households, not just Muslim. You look at like Mormon, you look at Catholic things in the United States. And what happens is the first chance they get, for example, through high school, they go to like a religious school and then, or, or they go to like homeschooling or something. For university, up until now, you had to go to university, and all of a sudden they're at university, and like, whoa! They go wild. They go wild, and uh, I hear, I, 
I don't I don't want the Mormon community to come after yeah. me, but I I hear this a lot about Mormons. Yeah. They just they go wild. Yeah. They oh. even so I don't I don't know what what um rating your your podcast has. Is it PG? Is it PG thirteen? I mean, usually but it's you know the college age and above, I guess. They so you know, so 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 for Mormons and uh, this is this is kind of weird. So they they they're not allowed to have sex, right? So before marriage, yeah. So neither are we. If, if it was after marriage, that'd be weird too. Yeah, but, I know. But like, so well, yeah, when I say they're not allowed to have sex, they're, so they're not allowed to have sex before marriage. Yeah, their their concept of sex is that you know there's penetration, but then there's like movement. Yeah. So they they actually try to figure ways around it. Okay. And this is the kind of stuff, like I said, they go to college and then they just go wild. Okay. It happens to Catholics, it happens to Mormons, it happens to Muslims. Yeah. So and they do those studies where they're like, the the numbers are like alarming, like the amount of young Muslims who are like sexually active and stuff like that. It's oh, really, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. You've seen those seen infographics, those yeah, right? Yeah, it's really, it's really, honestly, I, I think I gave it to my hair about that once. I mean, it's it, it's pretty alarming when you see that it's like over, over half of, you yeah. You know, Muslims, college students. Yeah, like, they'll they'll engage in either some form of like promiscuity, some form of um, consumption of alcohol or yeah, drugs yeah. and stuff like that. Well, I mean, the consumption of alcohol and drugs, I think, is much more prevalent than what people think. Unfortunately, it's being totally honest. But it all goes hand in hand. Like yeah. even the promiscuity part. Like you're, if you're, you're, you're getting into that environment. To where like you want to hang out with the opposite gender, you want to go and party, you want to go do this, this and that, you know, like even even just today, you know, one of the chapters in the Islamic studies textbook that they teach at the Islamic school talks about alcohol and it talks about how the Prophet said that alcohol is the mother of all sins. Yeah. And uh, the reason why is because it leads to all these other sins. So that I mean, it it, it does go together at some point. Yeah, you can you can have like isolated cases where one person may not care about, you know, um, mixing it up with the opposite gender, but they'll be into drinking and, yeah. and partying and drugs and whatever. And then you'll have the, the other way around where maybe somebody's never smoked or drank before, but, you know, they they can't, you know, stay away from the opposite gender or something. Yeah. So um, that that does happen as well. But, you know, the but the thing is, like these. These kids, like I said, they, they grow up seeing one thing. Yeah. Like you grow up, you go to high school, you know the kids are partying. You know, you know they're having parties on the weekends. You know that even even to school to some extent. You know, like for okay, so for prom, you know they they spike the punch. Yeah. Right? yeah like like the that's the thing. That's not just something you see on TV. No, like no, that actually happens. They actually do it. Or if they're not spiking the punch, they're bringing it themselves. You know, like yeah. they'll they'll put it they'll put it in one of these bottles and yeah. they'll they'll make it look like it's their Gatorade or, or their drink or something, right? <laughs> you just opened this. This isn't spiked. Yeah, it's not. It's not spiked. But um, they they're they're actually doing it. You know, and then of course like, uh, so so with prom you have like also alcohol involved. Maybe yeah. they're. Maybe they're getting high before or after as well. Like yeah. you know, all these things happen. So, end of the day, it's just what what environment are you putting your child in? What alternative environment are are you as the parent providing? Because, yeah. like you say, you can't just be like, okay, we're gonna sit at home, we're gonna watch cartoons, we're gonna do this. Make it something fun, you know. Like 
gather gather this, around this all is the... why we've been trying to work in the australian community to start like a sports league or something for muslims and one of the things which i was talking with the with coach asad about was he was like he's like he wants to build a muslim sports league and the reason is you know after you know before games happen in like you know most normal leagues most of the time they're they're run by churches mm-hmm. and before the games start they have a prayer and they'll try to be very neutral if they have a Muslim on the team, but it's still a Christian prayer. Yeah. He's like, we need to have leagues where we have, you know, dua before we start the game. We need to have, you know, dhikr and stuff like that. And he's like, I've seen it on my Muslim teams. People want their non-Muslim kids to play because they see we have principle. So this is why, like, all the cities need to look into starting Muslim sports leagues, mm-hmm. separate leagues for boys, separate leagues for girls, so they don't miss out. They're not like, oh, okay, well, how come we can't? No, we have a sports league for sisters. My cousins yeah. in Canada and Toronto, they used to, for years, they played in the sisters soccer league. My cousin in Michigan at their masjid, she runs the sisters hockey league. Mm-hmm. They have a sisters hockey league for like grown adult sisters, not like teenagers or high schoolers or anything like that. Oh, for adult cool. sisters, they, they've been playing for like, I think like 10, 12 years now. They have indoor hockey. They have a night for the sisters. They have a night for the brothers and stuff like that. And she, she they take it seriously like mm-hmm. they're like they're like all padded up and everything and they are they're hurting each other and stuff like that no i mean that's really cool that they have that you know so it, it is important for muslim communities to to build that so i was i was saying that like for prom if you want an alternative plan it out yeah don't just especially don't don't be like okay you're not going to go to prom instead uh, let's let's go pray at the masjid yeah how is how is a teenager supposed to take that if yeah. anything it's going to build resentment in them for the masjid. And you don't want that. Yeah, yeah. Right. If you're just going to take them to pray at the masjid and that's it. And then you come home and that's it. Go, go to, to bed. Yeah. <laughs> like how, what, what alternative is that? That's not an alternative. Parents are probably thinking like, oh, if I take them to go pray, maybe Allah will put something in their heart and take it out. But it's like, you want to rely upon Allah, but that's only after you've done your part. After what part did you do? Yes. You transported them to the masjid. Okay, mashallah, may Allah reward you. But what about all the other aspects? Hanging out, having fun, being with their friends. Yeah. You know, so take them, okay, take them to the masjid, but then why don't you call up some of the other families? Why don't you yeah. call up other people? Like that that's also that's also one thing, you know, like parents don't get involved enough at schools either they tend to just be like, okay, I'm sending my kids, even even Islamic schools. Yeah. Parents' involvement is not as, you know, as high as it should be. They're not as involved as they should be. Where it's like, you know, help, ask the teachers, especially Islamic schools, they need as much support as they can get, you know, every, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, ask, ask your teacher, you know, do you need anything? Do you need help with anything? Do you need supplies? Whatever. Or get involved and be like, hey, you know, like, can we plan some activities? Can we do this? Can we do that? You know, like, see see what, what they're thinking, what they can do, because they're, they're very limited in what they can do, right, resources-wise. But, okay, forget Islamic schools, now going to, like, regular public schools. Public schools. Nobody's saying, like, you have to be on the PTO. Nobody's saying you have to do this and that. But it's like, it, it, at least know that if, if like I said, these, these are for people who are genuinely concerned about their children's Islam. Yeah. Right. If you're genuinely concerned, you need to know that, okay, who are the other Muslims in the area that send their kids to the school? You know, so that, you know, who are the other parents that have kids with kids my age, my kids age or in the same grade 
that attend the school so that, you know, if you do happen to have the same concerns and be like, okay, because, you know, there are some parents, they don't care. Yeah, you know, yeah. Okay, yeah, go, go ahead, go have fun. But if there are other parents, you get together. And if you want to take them to the masjid, have something planned at the masjid. Okay, we're going to go to the masjid, but then, you know, all your friends are going to be there too. And you guys can go, you know, you can go play basketball. You can, you know, we set something up, uh, you know, in the hall. We set something up here or be like, you know, we're, we're going to um, rent out a movie theater or something. Or we're going to uh, rent out, Bro, I don't you know, can, Chuck E. Cheese you or can, something, you, you can, know. You can, you can rent out a bowling alley. Yeah. You can rent out, uh, what's it called, paintballing. You can rent out, uh, what's it called, airsoft. You can rent out Chuck E. Cheese. You can. But honestly, it has to be at night, right? Because prom's at night. No, no, no. It's not about alternatives to prom. Because it's Chuck E. Cheese and prom night. It doesn't make a difference. But I'm just saying in general, you can do nighttime, you know, what's it called? Paintball. You can do so many things. It's yeah. Not, it, honestly, it's not limited. It's just how much we limit ourselves. You can freaking rent out a whole David Buster's if you want. Yeah. And, and like I said, if, if you were to get, if you're, if you're in, I don't know, like a medium-sized community, right? Yeah. If it's a small community, you are still limited, but yeah. you can still get together, right? I'm sure you can find, you know, like 10 families yeah. that, that have high school-age kids and be like, hey, you know, prom's a concern. Let's let's figure something out to do for your kids. You know, all, all too many times, parents are either too busy working or they're yeah. tired from the day or whatever. But and end of the day, this... This is one of the responsibilities of, of being a parent. You can't just think that I'm, I'm working, I'm providing the finances or I'm providing the, the food and the clothes and, the you know, or I'm, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, all this other stuff for, yeah, I'm providing transportation to the masjid. Yeah, you, you, have to, you have to go a little above and beyond. You have to see the social, social circle of your kids. You have to see the social surroundings of your kids and stuff like that. Because if you don't, what's going to happen five to 10 years from now yeah. is probably an outcome you don't want. Yeah, exactly. And, and you, like I said, it, it comes from some of that uh, ideology from, you know, living back home where, wherever it is that, Oh, I don't have to worry about who my kids are hanging out with, you know, like, Oh, they're hanging out with the neighborhood kids. We know everybody in the neighborhood. You come to America you do have to be concerned who where's your kid who are they hanging out with what are they doing you don't have to micromanage everything you don't have to keep them trapped in a cage either you you can still let them out even even if they have non-muslim friends you can still let them go hang out with non-muslim Muslim friends like you said if you rent out like a whole Chuck E. cheese or dave and busters or whatever t tell their friends to come by yeah you know like okay if their friends do go to prom just be like hey we're we're doing this here because then you can kind of turn into like a form of dawah. Like, well, hey. it's like Eamon. Eamon became Muslim when he was like 13. Yeah. No music in his name. And, you know, inshallah, he'll be okay with it. But he became Muslim when he was 13. It was because he was surrounded by Muslim people. Mm -hmm. And all of his friends were Pakistani Muslims. And it was, it was they were good people. So they made a difference in yeah. his life. So, I mean, you know, if you, you can, you can be a person who makes a difference in somebody. They might not become Muslim, but they can at least have a good, wholesome you know, surrounding. Like, think of it from a dawah aspect. If high school kids that are non-Muslim are exposed to, you know, the Muslim kid, he can be the coolest kid in school. Yeah. But if if it's like always that, 
he he can't do this, he can't do that, he's stuck at home doing this, all he's doing is studying and whatnot, whatever. And there's no it, it just looks like there's no fun in his life. Yeah. Right. Then they're gonna think like Islam is just really hard and, and it's it's boring, it's, re, it's, boring, Stay it's lame. Home. Yeah, they're 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 gonna assume that. So a a good way to you know, you can turn it into a dawah opportunity. Yeah. And the kids can come and see that, oh, hey, look, they are having fun. They're doing something pretty cool. Their parents went out of their way to do this for them. So yeah. that and and these are the types of things that they'll respect. Yeah. You know, like if a lot of times. Um, so so for myself in particular, people would ask me things about Islam that, you know, I couldn't do. Yeah. If I wasn't allowed to do this, they would ask like, oh, why is that? And if I could explain it to them they would respect it that much more. Absolutely. And, you know, this is this is a small victory or something that I I kind of take pride in. I was able to, not convince, but I was able to get a vegan to respect the fact that I eat meat, right? Because they're like, you know, vegans, the ones that are like morally opposed to eating meat, yeah. they're very vocal about it, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're like vegan just as four years. So the and and they'll they'll be they'll be all up in your face about yeah. it too. But um we were, you know, we we had a friendly relationship. So I, I just kind of explained that, hey, look, as Muslims, we believe that these this is the bounty given to us from God. Yeah. These animals are rightfully for us as human beings to eat from, right? Trying to convert vegans out there. Yeah, I'm, it's not about it's not about conversion or anything. It's just I'm like, hey, look, the way we see it is that we're not just we're not just going out just eating meat just for the heck of it, just because yeah. you know we just like to bite into cows or something. You yeah. know, it's just Allah Subhanahu wa Taala provided them for us. Yeah, He made it halal for us to eat. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like be and and they respect that. You know, like we can only eat certain types of meat. You know, there's uh, and then the whole um, uh, aspect of 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 dhab, you know, just yeah, yeah. The, the slaughtering and everything, yeah, yeah. all of that they 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 tend to respect because if you can explain it to them, yeah. and they'll, they'll understand it, then it's like okay, look that that actually has some morality behind it, and they'll see it, and then they're like okay, and then you know, of course, if you explain to them like oh, you know, we don't we don't drink or smoke because of this, we don't yeah. engage in you know, pre premarital, you know, sexual relations because of this, they'll respect it. They, and they'll be like, wow, that's, 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 an, that's crazy that you do that. But you know, that's good. So they'll, they'll see, and, and they'll respect it. So, you know, for, uh, for them to be able to also see that, hey, because they're not allowed to do these things, their, their families or their parents, or even within their religion, like they're still allowed to go and, and enjoy themselves that that could, that could go a long way as well. But if it's like the next day, you know, it's 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 kind of like um, whether it's Halloween or 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 Christmas or whatever or prom, the the next day you got to go back to school. Yeah, you got to face all your friends. Yeah, they're going to ask you, "Hey, what did you do?" They're gonna be like, "Oh, we all went trick or treating. Uh, you weren't there. What were you doing? What did yeah. you do?" If the guys like or the or the kids like, "Oh, we just turned off all the lights and sat." in our house in the dark, right? Because Muslim families will do that, right? They'll the turn off the lights, man. <laughs> they'll, they'll turn off the lights so that nobody will come, 
you know, yeah. trick or treating at their yeah. house. Uh, or or Christmas, they'll be like, oh, I got this present, I got that present. What, what did you get? I didn't get anything. No, we get stuff. We go on the next day and buy everything on sale. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, it, it, not even a Christmas tree. Well, I yeah. mean, I don't want to talk about that. Muslims have Christmas trees these days, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what did they get? Or holiday trees, sorry. Yeah, holiday tree. But so, so the question is, what did you get? Yeah, be like, I didn't, I didn't get anything. Yeah. And prom, hey, you know, they'll they'll talk about their experience at prom and how yeah. much fun they had and what they did. We we went they here. Brought. Yeah, we we went here. We had dinner. We went to the prom. We did this and yeah. that. We hung out after all this other stuff. And then you're just you kind of feel like a loser just sitting there like, oh, I didn't you know I didn't do anything. I just, my dad took me to the masjid. <laughs> my dad took me to the masjid. But no, I'm not, I'm not saying this from personal experience or anything. But it's like you know, if if that were to happen, that that just it sounds and feels really lame. Yeah. As 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 a kid, as especially as a teenager, you're just you know, if 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 you could come back to school the next day and be like, hey, we had this program at our masjid, and like there was like 300 kids there. And we had lots of fun and we had food and we played and we got lots of candy. They'll be like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And especially for, for kids, you know, like yeah, yeah, for, for older kids, maybe it's not as fun. But, yeah. you know, you, you got to find something for them. For, instead of Christmas, they can be like, oh, you know, for, for Eid, I got all this stuff. Yeah. I got money. I got gifts. And we have two of them. Right? <laughs> Another one, I got a goat head. <laughs> <laughs> Some people like goat heads yeah. you know, they'll, they'll eat it you know all the so yeah providing that alternative is yeah you know, and, it's and important in, and in so, all aspects whether it's prom whether it's friends everything we mm-hmm. need to have those halal alternatives and they need to be fun they just can't be alternatives for time time per, past purposes they have to be real yeah that so time time pass you yeah. know to to use that term that that just seems to be the the goal of of what some parents will do Damn oh God. let's just let's just try to get them to you know, time pass so that, you know, they, they don't think about it, but then that, that doesn't, that, that's just, it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it doesn't work, man. That's like, that's like putting a bandaid on a open wound, you know, it's not. On a giant open wound. Yeah. It, it, it's not, it's not going to help. Yeah. But inshallah, we'll wrap up in, within the next four minutes. Yeah. But what's it called? Um, any final thoughts? So just just to kind of wrap up, you know, like there's it's it's not just prom, yeah. just any situation in which you have to draw the line that no, this is something as Muslims we shouldn't partake in. Yeah, it's not enough to just say that. Yeah, even if you sit there and explain it to your child, hey, you know, we're Muslims, we believe in this, we don't believe in doing this, we don't partake in these things, the environment that is at those places or whatever those things are halloween christmas prom you know it's 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 not okay uh and we have to stay away from it that that is good that's a good uh that's like the first step yeah but you have to you have to do more as parents you can't just be like no right unless your kid has grown up around muslims their whole life yeah attended islamic school their whole life and they understand the negative side effects of what's happening and why they aren't allowed. To yeah, play. yeah. But it's it's easier to just be like, no, better. That's not okay. Yeah. B- but if 
their whole life is just they, all they know is Muslim friends and and Islamic school. Yeah, you can kind of get away with that. Okay, right, and maybe once they go to college, it'll be like that whole Mormon Christian Muslim thing where they just go wild. But you know, you 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 can kind of get away with it, but you shouldn't. Yeah. You should still explain it to them. Yeah. And you should still provide an alternative. Yeah, because nowadays you're gonna see it on TV. Yeah. You're gonna see it on on TikTok, on Instagram, wherever. You're gonna you're gonna see all 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 sorts of things. People, kids are much more exposed to to everything, right? You mentioned girls are being asked to get you know HPV vaccines at age twelve. Yeah, twelve. It's so it's it's ridiculous, and, and it's like my wife is like terrified. I've, I, I, your wife probably is too, but like. You know, my wife is terrified. She's like, everything is like, everything is sexualized. Yeah. And when it, we go to buy clothes, like, right? Where my daughter is still young. She's not even two yet, right? We're buying shorts. So we bought my daughter like five T shorts or something like that, right? And we washed them two times and they became like this big. And my wife's like, we're not putting these on anymore. It's like, she's like, I don't know how a, a kid who's like five T, you know, toddler, four or yeah. five years of age, how are they wearing these tiny shorts? It's like everything is. Super hypersexualized, even the clothing. Yeah, you, you couldn't. There's there was a point where we couldn't find anything for for my daughter because it's all like crop tops. Yeah, they you you know you, yeah. it's just it's it's crazy. It's just gonna be walking around in a kurta everywhere. Then. So I don't know. I mean, alhamdulillah, like sometimes she'll want to wear an abaya and stuff. Yeah. But I, it's it's she's still fairly young. Yeah, yeah. You, you just like I said, you have to, and I know we have to go, but yeah, um, you have to initiate conversation but yeah. then also provide alternatives and create an environment in which they they feel good about themselves yeah. you know the and if the kids grow up with that you can't you and and one thing that we we didn't really say explicitly is that you can't just wait until it's prom night yeah and just be like no you can't do this yeah you have to build up that that trust yeah. and that foundation that the child will will know that if my parents tell me I can't do something, then at least I know that um, I'll have something else to do, or I'll be able to do this, I'll be able to do that, right? We we as parents have to understand that it's it's really not enough to just say no to your kids. Yeah. Absolutely, Jalal. Um, khair for your time once again. Yeah. Inshallah, we'll put out some good clips for everybody so they can watch them and hopefully yeah. cut out that bit where the microphone was dangling around. <laughs> um, Jazakallah khair, Sheikh Anis, inshallah. Um, inshallah, next week we'll try to follow up again and talk about another topic. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So the one person.